The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Expand the power of your personal energy. Welcome to Energy Activation with Sandra Ann Taylor. Hello, everyone. This is Sandra Ann Taylor, and I'm so very glad to be back live with you today. It's been a couple of weeks. I've been traveling a long time and a lot of places, and so, and that's always the case in the summer. But it's so glad. I'm so glad to be back with you. Um, I do have some an- announcements about the summer. I hope that um, you can join me in Lilydale. I'm going to be speaking a couple times there. I'm going to be uh, guesting on my sister's season highlight on August 12th, and then I have a season highlight on August 19th, the magical life of doing everything with spirit. I'm going to give so many techniques from the attraction intention, stuff that you may have heard about here on the radio, also a lot of new things, and the people that attend that seminar will be receiving free downloads of meditations and affirmations, so um, that's on August 19th at Lilydale, lilydaleassembly.org. Um, and then uh, my sister and I, Sharon Klingler, and I will be uh, doing a demonstration on the evening of August 26th, Saturday, August 26th. So I hope you can join us at one of those events. And if you do, you know, just tackle me and say, hey, I listened to you on the radio and we can get gab for a bit. So that's the Lilydale season. Check it out. Um, we are in the season highlights, so if you go to lilydaleassembly.org, you'll have to click on that menu as opposed to the speaker's menu because that's the regular season. So, okay, hope to see you there. All right, today uh, we are talking about the power of consciousness, and people don't realize it, but we are always, always in the process of creating through our consciousness. Whether we are conscious of that process or not, we are always in the process of creating through our consciousness. I have a quote here. Consciousness is the creative element in the universe. Without it, nothing would appear. And that's true, and that is has been scientifically, um, you know, looked into. There was a time several, several years ago where consciousness and quantum physics were two separate things. And people believed that, you know, consciousness was more of a, oh, I don't know, psychological term. Uh, But now we know uh, through lots of lots of different uh, quantum physical theories that consciousness is considered considered a creative force in the universe. Um, Everything that, everything that you see around you, every single thing, that you see around you was existing in consciousness first, from a little child's toy to a huge electrical grid that serves a whole country. That All of that existed in somebody's consciousness first. And now you may say, well, what about the earth itself? Um, the participatory anthropic principle, and I'm not going to I'm gonna. I'm getting into some science stuff today because it really, really shows us how much our consciousness is a part of creating our reality. But scientists say in the participatory anthropic principle um, uh, that that means that man, anthropic man, uh, participates uh, in uh, the creation of the universe, and that theory says that. Higher consciousness, the consciousness, our shared consciousness of man actually created the universe the way it is in order to accommodate our lives here. 
It couldn't have happened, and, and I'm not going to go into the whole long proof. It's a very long proof. It couldn't have happened without intention because too many things had to happen at the exact right times and in the exact right ta- ways. So um, one scientist said that it would be like putting um, a typewriter in a room full of monkeys and getting a Shakespearean play uh, out of the typewriter. <laughs> That's how unusual it is. Another scientist said it would be like, you know, a an air air coming in, a, a tornado coming into a garbage dump and putting together an entire uh, working 747. Uh, so <laughs> that tells you how much it is impossible for the, even the universe as we know it to exist without um, the uh, influence of consciousness. So let's talk about consciousness. You know, physics is the science of possibilities, and the power of consciousness is the source of all the possibilities. But what is the process of manifestation? If we look at this with our retain, regarding our personal lives, what is the source of our manifestation? How do things come into being for us and for the world? More important, how are our personal destinies actually shaped by our consciousness? And we know through quantum mechanics, quantum physics, through the observer-created reality, we know that reality isn't separate from the observation of it. And the same is true for our own lives. What we experience in our lives, in the real world, can't be separated from our perception of it. In fact, the study of biomechanical um, activity reveals that the brain isn't even capable of distinguishing the difference between a present reality and a memory. It's true. Something that's not existent at the present time is actually can feel like it's existent at the present time. Um, and that's, uh, you know, the the truth for us and for um, our experience. The the same neurons are sparked when we see something as when we remember it. Okay. Now that might not seem important to you, but it is important because every single time we have uh, a memory of something, whether it's good or bad, that creates a certain type of consciousness. What are you most conscious of when you see? Well, okay, so if you had a, a fear of dogs and you you had this vision, this memory of being bitten by a dog, that would feel very real, and that affects you. That affects your consciousness. It even affects your physiolo- physiological reality, and we're going to be talking about that in a minute. So the key to consciousness creation is found in your perception. Your what you believe, what you perceive about yourself, your life, your world, your reality, and how all of that makes you feel. In fact, this creates many of the chemical and emotional responses of your body and your mind. It's an ongoing process of cause and effect. Perception stimulates reaction. Reaction reinforces perception oftentimes through the creation of certain biochemicals, uh, neurotransmitters, neuropeptides, that type of thing. Your consciousness is so powerful that it doesn't only determine the emotional quality of your life, it actually evokes significant physiological responses. So um, let's talk about how that uh, happens, and just try to stay with me here. It's not that complicated, but it's important that you know that when you think certain things, it creates certain chemicals in your body, and then those chemicals, re, you know, reinforce the thoughts or the emotions that created them in the first place. So the process begins when a single emotion or thought triggers the hypothalamus gland in the brain to release certain neuropeptides or neurotransmitters. These substances move out. The neuropeptides move into their receptor cells where they dock, and that creates a chemical reaction. The chemical reaction matches and perpetuates the original emotional state. Whether positive or negative, similar thoughts will produce similar peptides 
and similar emotions. In time, the repetition of this pattern will shut down other receptors that could be available to the peptides of differing emotions, different types of peptides. In this way, your perception becomes fixed. It repeatedly sets off on a biochemical chain of events that perpetuates the same old feelings. This is how emotional habits and even addictions can be formed. It may sound complicated, but it's a relatively simple and very spontaneous process. And it has a huge impact on our consciousness and on the energy production that we engage in um, and that we end up creating in terms of our manifestation. I'm going to give you a couple examples here. One, like if you have um, an alcoholic drink, if you're, if you're a moderate drinker or even don't drink much, it's not going to create, you don't have a history of peptide production in that activity. Um, but the act of drinking more than once and even often starts to create a, a galanin and the, the neuropeptide um, that is involved with alcohol and alcoholism is galanin. And so when you have a drink and you like to drink, the galanin, um, that enjoyment of the drink, is produces the galanin. And the galanin then docks in its receptor cells and then makes you actually want another drink. And so if you are in the habit of drinking a lot, your body will produce more and more galanin, and it gets harder then. Not impossible. Not impossible. I'm going to talk about all the things you can do to change these receptor um, uh, reactions, the neuropeptide and neurotransmitter productions. So one of the things I do when I'm, I'm trying to work with someone who is an alcoholic and wants to change that, I tell them to create an affirmation that actually directs their body. To, and, and I'm going to talk about more, more about this in future shows, that actually directs their body to produce less and less galanin, to create less of a desire for alcohol. I actually say, let's create an intention that, and you can direct your body to do all sorts of things, including healing, by the way. But I always recommend um, saying an affirmation like, my body is producing less and less galanin, and I am strong and capable of choosing healthy drinks and approaches to my life. Okay, something like that. My body is producing less and less galanin. You'll have less of a desire to, do, to have more drinks. So when we know about this, it's very, very helpful because we can know how our reactions are feeding our neuropeptide and neurotransmitter production. So let's look at another example that is much more applicable to people like you and me. Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of drinks in my life, but there, you know, I don't have, don't desire. I'm sure there's a, a neuropeptide for smoking as well. Um, but let's look at another example of how this process can work. So you're, you, let's say you pass a certain building in your neighborhood many times with no emotional or cognitive thought, that means cognitive reaction. You just observe it being there, no emotions at all. One day, just at a time in your life when you're starting to look for a job, you go by the, the um, building and you see a sign out front announcing an opening and giving a phone number. You experience excitement and your hypothalamus releases neuropeptides that match and perpetuate that feeling. As you go home, you call the number, you set up the interview, and every day when you pass the building, or even just when you think of it, this is important, you have the same biochemical reaction, and you get excited. You're hired, and for the first several months or maybe even years, your reaction remains the same. However, let's say over time, you slowly begin to experience the job in a different way. Maybe you know, there's a person or a task that causes you unhappiness. 
and you now start to have a negative perception, which also produces peptides matching that feeling. Even when you're just getting ready for work or thinking about it, the unpleasant perception stimulates the neuropeptide production, and that then that matches the emotion, and those negative emotions actually expand. Now, this could go on for years until maybe you hear about a new job opening on the other side of town. You apply for it, and you get it, and you start to produce the peptides that match the excitement again. This new position could continue to stimulate those upbeat emotions for a while, but let's say it only lasts because the company moves to Mexico or something. Now you're out of work, and the need for money changes your perception once more. You start to look at the old place not as being bad. Every time you pass the building, in fact, every time you think of it, you wish that you were back there. It may have had its problems, but it's certainly preferable to no job at all. So in every memory and in every longing, your thoughts, your emotions, and your physiology and chemical reactions create a consciousness of loss and regret, which then becomes a filter for your manifestation. It's a circle of situation and creation, of cause and effect, an experience that creates the emotions and perpetuates the same experience. Now, it may seem that this process is just a natural sequence of thought and feeling, yet it's important to know that the chemistry is a major reason why you tend to stay so stuck. We all tend to stay stuck in our feelings, in our situations, in our mental and emotional patterns. It takes a conscious intention. Notice conscious. It takes a conscious intention to turn your conclusions and perceptions around in order to get out of this biochemical pattern that is more like self-sabotage. The chemistry that matches and perpetuates your emotional response is a significant factor. So you can create a new emotional response and create and cause new chemistry. Your consciousness is the key to both this internal biological source and to your external consequences. So don't let this biological reaction make you feel hopeless. There are two very specific steps that you can take to change these patterns of negation, difficult perceptions, negative neuropeptide uh, involvement, you can change that. We have the power to change what goes on within us and to change what goes on around us. So the first step is when you feel a negative emotion welling up within you, stop and take a deep breath. Do some sort of affirmation even something like I said about the gallon in my body, we want to produce positive neuropeptides, neuropeptides and neurotransmitters of peace and well-being. My body is releasing neuropeptides of peace and tranquility and well-being. A gentle wave of serenity and relaxation is moving through me now. Let's, let's say that again. We're going to do affirmations a little later, but I'm going to say this. Let's everyone take a deep breath. My body is releasing neuropeptides of peace and tranquility. A gentle wave of serenity and relaxation is moving through me now. I can just feel it. I almost feel my body producing these, these very beneficial neuropeptides and neurotransmitters. By the way, serotonin is a neurotransmitter. It's not a neuropeptide. It's a neurotransmitter of well-being. And you can create more serotonin in your body by simply affirming, my body is releasing more and more neurotransmitters of peace and well-being and creating great courage, confidence, happiness, joy, relaxation, tranquility. These are ways we have power to change our physiology and our perception. So the second step, when you see or that, so that's the first step. 
um, about intervening on negative uh, emotions. Uh, the second, when you see or experience something that ignites a negative reaction, at the very least, affirm that I can let it go. Affirm, I can let that go. I release and relax. I choose peace. So that when you have a negative reaction and your body wants to produce the neuropeptide that reinforces that reaction, you can intervene, chop it off at the source, and say, no, I'm letting that go. My body is producing wonderful uh, energies of peace, relaxation. I choose peace. I do release all the negative. I choose happiness. So when you choose to engage in more positive cognitions, you produce the neurotransmitters and neuropeptides that match hope, excitement, happiness, courage, confidence, vitality, so many good things. And this changes your mind and your emotions and even your body right down to your chemical reaction. And as a result, the energy of your awareness will change as well. In this way, your consciousness is the strongest force of your destiny creation the strongest force of your destiny creation. Now, what makes up consciousness? I call consciousness, um, <laughs> I call it consciousness pie. There are three main ingredients that activate your power of consciousness. That's your perception, which is P, your imagination, the I, and your expectation. A positive experience in these mental and emotional elements of your life is absolutely necessary if you really want to pursue happiness in the present and success in the future. In fact, whether positive or not, these are the three key pieces of consciousness creation. They're energetically linked together in a dynamic process that can actually give you an amazing amount of control over your present happiness, your present emotional quality of your life, and the future consequences of your life. So let's take a look at these. Let's look at perception. Um, your perception stimulates the production of neurotransmitters and neuropeptides, as we've just talked about, that perpetuate emotional experiences. When you see something as being negative, it produces a biochemical reaction that reinforces that. This alone should be motivation enough to keep working on consciously creating a positive perception. Conscious is so powerful, it can create physical results, and it can change physical results. So that alone should be, okay, I'm going to start perceiving things in a different way now. So the way you see things is filtered through your history, yet it's powerful enough to create your future. In real ways, this is what defines you, right down to your physiological reality. How you perceive yourself, your world, and your future is the cognitive foundation underlying all of your moods. Studies show that positive self-perception and self-talk impact serotonin levels and endorphin levels, and that perpetuates ongoing feelings such as joy. So it's actually the more you cognitively affirm yourself and change your perception from one of lack to have. And it's important to ask, what am I most conscious of? What do I perceive the most? Do I perceive what I have and really appreciate it? Or do I focus my perception on what I'm missing? That's an important piece. Because then that perpetuates that energy as we've talked about here. But this piece of the consciousness pie is you know, this perception. It in, its influence doesn't stop with your creation of your present happiness or even with your future consequences. There are documented cases where people, listen to this, this is incredible, with people with multiple personality disorders actually manifest varying diagnoses and different physical conditions when a different personality is, quote, in control. Same body, different personality. Conditions like diabetes, measurable stuff, vision problems, 
and other physiological issues. When a particular identity takes over the body, it can be tested and measured. Even though the same body may have no such problem at other times. That's how powerful perception is. When it, something exists in the perception, it becomes a reality, and it actually changes that person's physiology. It's so empowering to realize this. And so, you know, we have to know that our state of mind actually, um, you know, can, can, can make us have a different physiological res response. Um, I want to talk about briefly about uh, the um, <laughs> firewalking class I took. Now, when when you're taught to firewalk, um, I went to a class many many years ago. There were about a hundred people there, and we were taught to change our state. In, in other words, our state of mind, and we were focusing, focusing, focusing on a different thing, and we had to put ourselves in a different situation. I put myself. I envision myself skiing. I love to ski, and I envision myself skiing down my favorite slope in Colorado, visually and emotionally putting myself on that skis on the ski slope, feeling the wind going through my hair. And then we did that over and over in the evening, and then we were told to walk on these hot coals, thousands of degrees hot. They showed us. It was, it was incredible. Um, but see, I, I was able to do it. I, I had such a visceral feeling and such a strong attachment to that ski experience that I, and, you know, I actually was able to take myself out of the, the reality that I was walking on things that would burn me. Now, so I was able to walk over 15 feet of burning hot coals and without any problems. I was uninjured, but there were people that were injured because they were too locked into the framework of their expectations. They saw the burning coals as a danger, as a, a possible threat to them, and they couldn't lift them, themselves out of that experience. They perceived it as that, and they got burnt. And a couple had to be taken to the hospital. I perceived it as skiing. It doesn't make me any more powerful. There were another 90 people that were able to do that, but I'm, what I'm, the reason I'm telling you this is that you have this power to shift your consciousness. And when you shift your consciousness, you shift your physiological reaction, you shift your financial, your emotional, and mental reality. And you can use your power of consciousness to make these shifts. Very, very important. So um, let's talk about the next piece of uh, consciousness pie, and that's imagery. And, you know, we talk about visualizing the end results. And, you know, as you make positive visuals, then you are, you know, can start to daydream and fantasize about your future and your goals. And you can create mental images and living pictures of what you want your future to look like. This is a very powerful skill. Um, and your ability to imagine the, the outcomes of your success will establish those realities in your energy and in your consciousness first. Remember I said everything has to exist in consciousness first. That will get you to the point where you can have this, this sense of seeing it and feeling it and believing the potential of it. And so let yourself visualize that, um, your, your goal. There are actually two things that you need to visualize. First is um, successful self-imaging, visualizing yourself as you want to be, how you want to look, how you want to feel, the energy you want to have, how you want to act. Create a vivid image of the total package just as you desire it to be. And then hold it close in your mind and heart and move with it and live with it and feel it and believe it. Let it be your intention to create that without any goal. Some people think they can only be happy with the goal. 
You wanted to create this without any goal, that this is the person I am now. I can be all the things I want to be now, and I'm intending to create that. And if you can do that and visualize it a couple times a day and support it with honoring choices, before long, you become what you're visualizing. And the second piece of the imagery is successful imaging of your specific goals. It created clear, bright pictures of exactly what you want. Don't put it off to the left or the right. That could change the timing. Just put it right in the center and visualize yourself. Visualize the joyous outcome of your goals. And then put, put it like a mental photograph in the, of a future event, but put it in your memory. Remember, the, the mind can't distinguish. So it, if your mind has a little picture um, of it in your memory, then it's like it's already happened. And in fact, I often tell people who do vision boards to put things that they already have along with the pictures of the things that they want because this creates the sense, oh, it already exists. So that's what you want to do in your mind. You want to turn back to the image of the success often, and whenever you need to motivate yourself, create a clear consciousness and sense of it being part of your memory. And once you've established the successful picture, you got to let go of any limitation and negations. When you envision it, let yourself believe in it. Affirm, if you have to, that you are letting go of any limitations. Let it be okay. But here's the thing. Some people have difficulty visualizing their end results. I had a woman that had been overweight her whole life. She couldn't see herself as skinny. I had another woman who had gone 20 years without dating since she got her divorce. She could not see herself as, you know, getting married again. One thing you can do is visualize your friends and family congratulating you. And both of the, like, oh, I'm so happy I heard about your engagement. Oh, you look so great. You've lost a lot of weight. Both of these people were able to succeed at the things that they um, set in front of them as their goals uh, to, uh, by just visualizing that. So if you have trouble visualizing it, let yourself know that you can do it in different ways. You know, it's, in, it's especially important to visualize um, while you're in a relaxed state, and I'm not going to get into this now, but when in a relaxed state, you are in alpha level of brain frequency. That's the creative state. If you're constantly thinking about what I want, what I want, thinking, thinking, thinking about what I want, then that could lead you into the law of paradoxical intent. You can become obsessed just with what it is that you want to achieve. And we know that from the law of paradoxical intent that the, you know, the universe, you know, doesn't always respond to our desperation. Why is it? It's not punitive. It's not a punishment. It's just because we are telling the universe, I can't be happy now. I'm so obsessed with getting this because I can't be happy now. And the universe thinks, well, if she can't be happy, then why bother sending her anything? So... Let's let go of the limitation, let go of the obsession with your goal. Obsession with your goal from, comes from a basic assumption that something is missing in your life. And that assumption can actually turn into what you expect, your expectations, the third piece of the consciousness pie, your expectations. What do you expect? What do you really expect? your future to be like. Most people want something different, but they actually expect more of the same. This is, this is a, a very common pattern. I had a client once who, you know, did all these techniques to try to attract a man, and she had always attracted critical men. And so when I said, well, what, and she did it again, she kept attracting men, but they were always critical. And I said, well, what do you expect? What have you been through? Uh, we base our expectations on what we've been through. But the world is not limited to what we've been through. 
The world is abundant, and there is somebody out there for everybody that doesn't have to be critical. We can, and even if you think that there's, you know, I'm stuck in poverty, I can't have a relationship, whatever it is, you can change your expectations no matter what you have been through. And that starts with today. Today, if you expect today to be boring or difficult, your life force momentum can actually create that and move it in the same direction. But if you choose to create new expectations and new beliefs and new actions to create happiness and joy, if you can do that today, it can expand into tomorrow and always. There's an interesting battle between desire and expectation. And the universe is far more likely to give you what you expect than what you desire. And why is that? Your desires are where your wishes are, but your expectations are where your beliefs are. And your beliefs are the prime component of this consciousness creation, this part of the consciousness creation, the expectation. And the formula of destiny creation, beliefs are some of your most powerful, energizing elements. So positive expectation, the fundamental assumption of a valuable outcome, whether it's an outcome today or tomorrow or with this goal, that is the best way to go in terms of your expectation. You might have to build some affirmations around it. You might have to create some intentions to really believe, to say, I believe that I deserve, I believe, and I can expect. And then fill in the blanks with these. I, I believe that I am capable of creating. Let this be your expectation. And let yourself do this every day. Visualize the day ahead. Picture yourself going through the day ahead and see yourself being happy. That's the visual. Perceive yourself. I mean, you can do this about the day ahead with all three elements, perception, imagery, and expectation. Let yourself take a few minutes in the morning and do a two-minute meditation where you see yourself going through the day, perceiving yourself as valuable, worthy, and seeing yourself as enjoying the day ahead, expecting people to be kind to you and expecting things to go well. These daily expectations and these daily choices are your energetic momentum. And if you can view every day with a positive vision, as well as your future with a positive vision, you are compounding your consciousness into a much more productive, healthy, happy result creator. And even if just a small shift in your consciousness, in your expectations, and in your imagery, even just that can create a major change in your reality. Because your consciousness is one of your greatest powers. It's the steadfast choice to live in an awakened state in the here and now. One in which you freely choose a new perception, a new view, a new expectation of what is your truth, your reality, your value, your power, and what can be and become your reality in the future. So choose this now. Choose to perceive yourself in a different way, and we're going to come back. At, we're going to do go to break, and oh my gosh, we're running late here. I want to get to the phones. We have people on the phones, uh, but we are going to do a few affirmations when we come back. So stay with us. Hello, everyone, and we're back, and um, I am. we're just going to take a little affirmation vacation here. I was going to do like five, but I see I'm so running late, and I've got people on the line, so I want to I want to get to try to get to everybody if we can. So let's take a deep breath, and I'm just going to do a couple of these. Make it your intention to really create a conscious awareness of your consciousness as we say this. Okay, the first one. Every morning, 
I take a moment to visualize the day ahead with joy and happy expectation. Every morning, I take a moment to visualize the day ahead with joy and happy expectations. And one more. Every morning, I take a moment to visualize the day ahead with joy and happy expectations. And the next one. I choose a strong, successful perception of myself. I am capable and deserving. I choose a strong, successful perception of myself. I am capable and deserving. I choose a strong, successful perception of myself. I am capable and I am deserving. Okay, let's go one more. We'll just do one more. I live in an aware and conscious state. I consciously choose powerful thoughts and joyous images that create a great reality. And again, I live in an aware and conscious state. I consciously choose powerful thoughts and joyous images that create a great reality. And one more time. I live in an aware and conscious state. I consciously choose powerful thoughts and joyous images that create a great reality. And take that breath and create the intention to make this your truth. So, all right, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Susan in Missouri. Hi, Susan. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so How much are you? for taking my call. I'm doing sure. great. I'm just, I'm, I get so nervous. I'm just such a huge fan, and I love you and Sharon so much. Oh, thank you so much, honey. The feeling is mutual. What's your question? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for all the help I get from your books and your cards and your meditations and radio shows on the Hay House app. And, and I now talk to Spirit throughout the day. And uh, I do practice. I love to hear that. What? I love what? to hear that. Oh, all day long, all day long, all night long. I do practices from Sharon's incredible new book every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I've definitely been working on, on the great information you gave us today. And I'm also just wondering if you can give me any uh, specific past life information I could also rescript to improve my health and my finances. Well, I do see a past life here. Um, I, fe- I see you working out in a field, and I, see- I feel that you were indentured or you were forced to work. Um, and I don't know what your health problems are, but I feel that, that you worked beyond your physical capabilities. Uh, it may have even been a slave, honey. I'm, I, I heard indentured. Yeah, I, I just heard that. So, um, and what happens then? And, and it's interesting. It's health and and financial. Of course, you made no money, and so you might have created a lot of times our past life codes become our expectations, even though we're totally unconscious of that. So we definitely, I definitely want to see, I see you plowing in a field or using a, and my back is bent over and I'm sick to my stomach. Uh, It's just terrible. And I just have no outlet. And so I want to see, I want you to do a meditation where you visualize yourself dropping that hoe or dropping the machinery, whatever, and walking away and saying to the overseer, I'm leaving. And he's like, okay, you can leave. (laughs) Just... And, that, and then you see yourself getting better and finding, you know, a new work and lots of money coming in and see, take yourself through the rest of that life. I do believe that you ended up being very sickly and kind of just had an early passing, not early in, t- in terms of like teenagers or even 20s or 30s, but 
you know, as opposed to living till 60, 70, 80. And, and I want, I really want to encourage you to do a meditation. I see you working in the fields and I feel like I'm sick about it and I have no money. And that will help reverse both of these issues. You walk away and you visualize yourself, um, you know, making a lot of money and doing something you love and being healthy for, to a nice, old, ripe old age. All right, honey? Yeah. Because, it, yeah, cause it's part of your destiny to release that karma. Is there any specific, you know, place or, you know, male, female type of person? You were a male in that life. You were a male in that life. And are you in a relationship now? Yes. Okay. There is something in your present relationship that um, is uh, it's going to be helpful to you. I saw the angel of love come in here. And she handed you like this crystal ball. And so I feel that there's something that um, in the present relationship, I want to communicate my feelings and, um, you know, talk with my partner about uh, what's going on. And okay, thank you. And the angel of love says, focus on your healing. Do some light bathing. Light bathing is just drawing in the light of divine consciousness from the through the crown chakra, and it fills your body and expels all the dark places and then fills it with light. And then follow that with um, an affirmation like divine consciousness fills every cell, every tissue, every organ in my body. Okay. Okay. And also, thank you. They're also talking about um, affirming your, um, your, your freedom to make choices and your ability to accumulate wealth. And that life, you did not have the ability to accumulate wealth. So I am, I am able and willing to accumulate great wealth. It's safe and comfortable for me to accumulate and maintain great wealth and health. Let's do them both. Okay, honey? Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, honey. All right. Good luck. I really feel this. You're at a karmic turn here. You're at a karmic turn. I think there's a lot that's supposed to, I'm supposed to finally figure out in, in this lifetime. And I'm, yes, I'm yes. I'm so grateful I, I to feel, you and Sharon yeah. for helping me. Oh, sure, honey. And I'm going to put you on my daily prayer list, Susan. I'll be praying for you every day. Susan from Missouri. <laughs> okay. Okay. God bless you, honey. This When you break through this life, you may have to do, it's a very powerful life, you may have to do more than one rescripting meditations, all right? Let yourself, you know, do those over and over, and then also do this light bathing and do affirmations. Okay, thank you. And they're ask, are, are reminding me of another affirmation. I open myself to my spirit's capacity, to my spirit's capacity to heal completely. Okay? I invite the loving angels to bring healing energy to me every day. I, I, on the Hay House app, I, I have a thing called um, the Power of angel circles, and there's an angel circle for healing, honey. Okay. So try listening to that meditation, because they just showed me uh, angels all around you, many circles. Okay? I talk to them all day long. Thank you. Yes, you. you got them. I'm telling you, I'm so happy. It makes a difference, doesn't it? It I really have, I, makes a difference. I have them put angels around everybody, all my animals, my loved ones, and healing oh, that's for you wonderful. and Sharon and every oh, day. Thank you, you, honey. I'll take that your angels anytime. Thank you, honey. Well, thank you for calling. Thanks so much, Susan. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Okay, Bye. let's go to... Thank you, honey. Bye-bye. Let's go to Monica in Ohio. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Monica. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much. This has been so chock full of powerful tidbits. I'm so excited and took so many notes, and I'm ready to re-listen to this already. Um, oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> This is so good, and everything was piggybacking on exactly what I needed to hear and affirm for myself as well. So thank you so much. Um, oh, sure. My question is, what can you see in my energy field relating to my partnerships, maybe current and um, upcoming? Um, and is my contract up with my current partner? I've been with him for 11 years. He's a wonderful man. And yet I feel I've been detaching the last two and a half years. Um, that it kind of held me back in some ways and distracted me from my higher purpose. So um, I've been like focusing on a new, you know, creating a new partner that comes in that has 
more spiritual, soul-fulfilling, um, you know, creativity. So I was just wondering what you see and um, maybe, you know, maybe I need to do those affirmations to allow myself to release, um, you know, it's time to go, like you said, with the last um, person. Thank yeah, you. I knew, sure. Um, as soon as I heard your voice, the goddess of the moon came in with you, and you're very intuitive, very intuitive. And she is talking about listening to your intuition and making this decision. Um, she's talking about not making it too much of a mental activity, but listening to your heart and honoring yeah. your heart. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and you will know the answer of... Uh, if I should, when I should, how I should leave. Um, and um, and she's, okay, thank you. She is talking about um, dovetailing any changes. Now, you may not leave right away, but you might want to make some changes in the relationship. Or if you do leave, and that's a big change. She's talking about dovetailing any changes with um, affirming your openness to explore something new. I see I see your road ahead and it's uh, it's very wide and there's and it's going to a new place. I even see yeah. the, the street sign, new place. Um and it's something okay, thank you. She is saying that it's something that you actually have either just started thinking about or even haven't started thinking about yet. And I don't know if this is a new spiritual practice or a new financial way of uh, making money, uh, a new relationship, but there is something new. And she wants you to dovetail the changes of the relationship with the openness and willingness. Okay, thank you. And she's talking about and self-trust to move into something new. Because, yeah. okay, so part of you is um, feeling that you've been being held back, but part of you is a little hesitant to leave anyway. I think there's, yeah. I, I see you on a seesaw, honey, and I'm going back yes. and forth. Yes. Yes. And yes. Like, uh, th this is actually, I, I hear in your head, well, this is not a bad relationship. I, maybe he is holding me back, but, I, you know, and you're going back yes. and forth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I want to get off the seesaw, but you don't have to jump off. You can use your intuition. Okay, honey? Take an, and, and I just got the one minute warning. Take a notebook and say, and write down all the pros and cons, and then get out of your head and put that into your heart and say, okay, what do I feel about these things? Yeah. All right, honey, and I yeah. and you're going and the, the goddess of the moon says you will make the right decision. Okay, a new big, yep. something new is coming. So thank you for calling, honey, and thank you everybody thank you. for listening. Thank you, my love, and please check out LilydaleAssembly.org. Come visit me at Lilydale. I can't wait to see you there. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.